is Garrison Hardy with your Cross Politic Daily News Brief for Friday, December 16th, 2022. Happy Friday, everyone. I hope you've had a good week and are heading into the weekend strong, especially with Christmas coming around the corner. Before we get to the news, it's Christmas. I know, I just said it. Join our club. During December, the first 75 people to upgrade to join our gold or platinum club membership will get our 32-ounce Kodiak Christmas water bottle and a free subscription to our Fight Laugh East magazine. By joining the Fight Laugh East Army, not only will you be aiding in our fight to take down secular and legacy media, but you'll also get access to content placed in our club portal, such as past shows, all of our conference talks, and exclusive content for club members that you won't be able to find anywhere else. Lastly, you'll get discounts for our conferences. We don't have the big money of woke media yet, and so our club members are crucial in this fight. So join the movement, join our army, and you can sign up now at fightlaughfeast.com. All right, let's talk about the Biden administration. Biden men sues Arizona Governor Doug Ducey over shipping container border wall. The Justice Department, DOJ, is suing Arizona Governor Republican Doug Ducey and his administration over the use of shipping containers to build a wall along the state's southern border with Mexico. The DOJ filed a lawsuit in the U.S. District Court of the District of Arizona on Wednesday, claiming that the project trespasses on federal property. Arizona has unlawfully and without authority failed to remove the shipping containers from lands owned by the United States or over which the United States hold easements, thereby damaging the United States. This according to the lawsuit. The legal move comes after Ducey issued an executive order in August directing the state's Department of Emergency and Military Affairs to begin a Yuma County project. The 3,820 feet of the previously open border was closed with 130 shipping containers in just 11 days. The project then expanded it to other parts of the border with 68 with 6,600 feet of containers stacked too high throughout Cochise County by early November. That section is estimated to take more than 2,700 shipping containers to fill the 10-mile gap along the southern border. In October, the state filed its own lawsuit to affirm its right to continue using the shipping containers to help curb unlawful crossings. Our border communities are overwhelmed by illegal activity as a result of the Biden administration's failure to secure the southern border, Ducey said in a statement. Arizona is taking action to to protest on behalf of our citizens with this lawsuit. We're pushing back against efforts by federal bureaucrats to reverse the progress we've made. The the safety and security of Arizona and its citizens must not be ignored. Arizona is going to do the job that Joe Biden refuses to do, secure the border in any way we can. We're not backing down, he added. The lawsuit came after Ducey refused to comply with a demand by the Biden administration to remove containers in the Yuma County area. Arizona officials told the Biden administration that the state would not remove the containers until a permanent barrier is constructed. The Biden administration has warned Ducey that Ducey's containers have interfered with land near both the Morelos Dam and land belonging to the uh, Kokopa Indian Tribes West Reservation. It also had argued that the barriers interfere with the U.S. Customs and Border Protection future project to fill holes in the existing wall. In addition, environmental activists have recently targeted Ducey's shipping container project. The Washington Post reported efforts by climate activists to halt the container border wall, including using their bodies to stand in the way of machinery and sitting on containers in protest. Ducey leaves office in January, with Democratic Governor-elect Katie Hobbs set to take over. She is expected to stop any further container wall work along the border. 
Moving on. Non-binary ex-Biden official Sam Brenton helped craft policy to hide student sex changes from parents. Sam Brenton, the non-binary ex-energy department nuclear waste official facing major prison time, once helped a nonprofit group craft a model school policy adopted in several states that tells schools to hide alleged gender identity or sexual orientation changes from unaffirming parents. Between 2017 and 2020, Britain was head of advocacy and government affairs at the Trevor Project, an LGBT group focused on youth suicide prevention, according to Britain's LinkedIn. In 2019, Britain played a role in developing a 37-page booklet titled Model School District Policy on Suicide Prevention, which puts restrictions on how much teachers can talk to parents or guardians if their LGBT child is suicidal. Quote, while parents and guardians need to be informed and actively involved in decisions Regarding the student's welfare, the school mental health professional should ensure that the parent's actions are in the best interest of the student. Hey, who better to decide the best interest of the student than some school official? Example, when a student is LGBTQ and living in an unaffirming household, read the model, which was also published by the American Foundation for Suicide Prevention, the American School Counselor Association, and the National Association for School Psychologists. Britain, age 35, was appointed in January as Deputy Assistant Secretary for Spent Fuel and Waste Disposition at the Energy Department's Office of Nuclear Energy. The former official was charged with allegedly stealing a suitcase in September worth an estimated $2,325. In July, another suitcase in Las Vegas valued at $3,670. This according to the Department of Justice. Britain, a biological male who identifies as non-binary and was the first purported non-binary person to work as a top energy department official, faces up to 15 years in prison. Former official over The former official oversaw a $45 million budget and 100 federal government staff members in his short time at the energy department. State education departments in Arizona, Idaho, and Virginia have adopted the Trevor Project's model policy in full or partiality. Hear that, Idaho parents? Not good. In addition, so have school districts in places such as Oregon, California, and New Hampshire. In one section of the model, which is titled Special Considerations, schools are instructed to conceal a child's sexual orientation or alleged gender identity from their parent or guardian unless the student gives consent. When a parent is notified of perceived suicide risk or an attempt, it is essential that the school maintain student confidentiality related to a personal information such as sexual orientation or gender identity, especially when the student has not already disclosed to the parent or guardian and does not want it shared, read the model. Information shared should be restricted to the perceived risk of suicide or facts of the attempt. And ladies and gentlemen, get your kids out of public school and get them with our partners' classical conversations. I digress. California Democrat rep. Let's go to California now. Porter says calling a person a pedophile brands them as a criminal. California Democrat Rep. Katie Porter says calling a person a pedophile or groomer is alleging that they are a criminal just because of their identity. Put that in quotes. This allegation of groomer and pedophile is alleging that a person is criminal somehow and engaged in criminal acts merely because of their identity, their sexual orientation, and their gender identity, Porter said at Capitol Hill hearing on Wednesday titled The Rise of Anti-LGBTQI Plus Extremism and Violence in the United States. Porter also said the groomer narrative is an age-old lie to position LGBTQ plus people as a threat to kids. 
human rights campaign, President Kelly Robinson said at the hearing, when we use the words and phrases like groomers and pedophiles to describe people, it is dangerous and it's got one purpose. It's to dehumanize us not sure why she used us, and make it feel like we're not a part of the American society. Porter's comments were criticized after the hearing. Thank goodness. Moving on, let's head to the Bay Area. Universal basic income hits the Bay Area only if you're black. At least three guaranteed income initiatives in the San Francisco Bay Area openly discriminate against white residents, limiting or entirely preventing their participation in programs that dole out no-strings-attached cash. The programs, all of which are publicly funded, violate both the United States and the California State Constitution, lawyers say, as well as civil rights laws that ban race discrimination in contracting and by the recipients of government funds. The initiatives include the Black Economic Equity Movement, which provides a $500 a month exclusively to black young adults, the Abundant Birth Project, which provides $1,000 a month to black and Pacific Islander mothers, and the Guaranteed Income for Transgender People program, which will dole out $1,200 a month and prioritize enrollment of transgender black indigenous or people of color, BIPOC. They are financed by the National Institutes of Health and the California Department of Social Services in the city of San Francisco, respectively. These programs offer a preview of what could soon be the norm in the Golden State. In July 2021, California lawmakers set aside $35 million in grant funding for guaranteed income across the state, though the law did not include any racial or ethnic qualifiers in keeping with the California Constitution. The state's social services department said that it would only give out the grants to pilots that center equity. Grant applicants were encouraged to embed in equity-focused approach throughout each dimension of their programs, including their eligibility. All three initiatives appear to violate the 14th Amendment, which bans states from discriminating based on race, said Dan Mornoff, the executive director of the American Civil Rights Project, as well as the California Constitution and the Civil Rights Act of 1866, which ban racial discrimination in contracting. In addition, the black economic equity movement appears to violate Title VI of the 1964 Civil Rights Act, which bans racial discrimination by the recipients of federal funds. The National Institutes of Health, whose Health Equity Initiative funded the program, did not respond to requests for comment. The blueprint for these programs comes from private philanthropic uh, ventures, which have experimented with supplemental income schemes in Jackson, Mississippi, and Atlanta that are only available to black women. Though both the Mississippi program, underwritten by the W.K. Kellogg Foundation, and the Atlanta program, funded by the Georgia Resilience and Opportunity Fund, discriminate based on race, they probably didn't violate any laws, said David Bernstein, a professor of constitutional law at George Mason Law School. But their California counterparts, that's another ballgame. The publicly funded programs are clearly unconstitutional, Bernstein said. It's not a close call. In an implicit admission of the legal stakes, every agency involved in the Abundant Birth Project denied using the racial criteria listed on the program's website. The San Francisco Department of Public Health, which oversees the program, told the Washington Free Beacon that this is open to all San Franciscans, albeit with focused efforts to reach Black and Pacific Islander, pregnant and parenting people. Jason Montiel, a spokesman for the California Department of Social Services, which in November wrote a $5 million grant to the Abundant Birth Project so it could expand to other parts of the state, said the expansion, and will not use race as a basis for eligibility. That might come as news to Grant Colfax, the director of the San Francisco Health Department, who in a December 6th press release trumpeting the grant said he would 
help hundreds more black birthing parents in California. Notice how it says birthing parents, not women. San Francisco Mayor London Breed likewise implied that the expansion was racially targeted, calling the Abundant Birth Project a model to address racial birth disparities. The Black Economic Equity Movement and the Guaranteed Income for Transgender People program did not respond to requests for comment. Before we get to our final story, how about this? Gravity Jack is a full-service digital agency specializing in the development of virtual and augmented reality experiences, mobile apps, blockchain, and Web3 projects. Founded in 2009 as the first American agency to offer augmented reality, they even patented it. Gravity Jack's digital experiences have been a source of innovation for small businesses, Fortune 500 companies, and the U.S. military. Get your vision in motion at gravityjack.com. Again, that's gravityjack.com. Now, it's time for my favorite topic, sports. Virginia Tech soccer player who was benched for refusing to kneel during the national anthem sees lawsuit move forward. Former Virginia Tech Hokie soccer player Kirsten Henning now has her opportunity to sue the university after she was allegedly benched for refusing to take a knee, as other woke athletes were during the playing of the national anthem. U.S. District Judge Thomas T. Cullen gave the approval for the lawsuit to go forward since Henning claimed that her freedom of speech protected by the First Amendment was violated after her coach Charles Adair allegedly benched Henning since she refused to join the team's unity statement of kneeling during the national anthem during a game in 2020. Henning filed a lawsuit against Virginia Tech and Coach Adair in 2021, but Virginia Tech immediately attempted to file a motion to have the suit tossed. The athlete stated that when she refused to take part in the kneeling, which at the time was a virtue signal statement indicating public support of the Black Lives Matter movement, Adair began to insult and demean her as well as limiting her playtime and play during matches. The judge also stated that the facts in this particular case firmly show that the coach singled out Henning specifically because of her political views, not because of her ability as an athlete. He then declared for these reasons the court will deny Adair's motion for summary judgment in this matter will proceed to trial. Well, good for you, Henning. Good for you standing strong on that. This has been your Cross-Politic Daily News Brief. If you like the show, go ahead and hit that share button for me down below. If you want to sign up for a club membership or a uh, Fight, Laugh, Feast magazine, head on over to FightLaughFeast.com. And as always, if you want to send me a news story, if you want to ask about our future conferences or our advertising on Cross-Politic, email me at Garrison at FightLaughFeast.com. For Cross-Politic News, I'm Garrison Hardy. Have a great rest of your day, great weekend, and Lord bless.